Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Hello, what's up? Our first video episode of Claws to the Wall ever. Yes, this is Studio C, our wonderful studio here in KTSW. But hi, I'm Justin Brown, your host today. I'm with Kyle Owen here, Thomas Terry, and wonderful Paxton Graff here. We've got a great show for you today. Plenty of Bobcat action in Texas State, San Marcos sports in general. Um, but we're going to start off with Texas State baseball. We saw the UIW Cardinals face off against the Bobcats, and that was at in San Antonio. The Bobcats come around with a 12-8 to win against a non-conference opponent. This is after they had a tough series against Oral Roberts where they lost that series 2-1. to Guys, what are your thoughts on this win against UIW? This is a team that is known to be a Texas State rival. You know, last year you look at these two teams, UIW met them their first matchup. After they came off an eight-game winning streak beating UT last year, UIW beat their eight-game winning streak last year. So guys, what are your thoughts on this two teams and what, what this game really had? Kyle, you were there. Yeah, it's a turnaround from last year. I mean, like, it's just kind of different story, different time. I mean, we're on a, or the the Bobcats were on a two-game losing streak, uh, just, you know, the two games from the series early in the season. But uh, either way, uh, Coach Trout got his first win in San Antonio. So, hey, that's a good one to do. So uh, if you're able to get your first win at a school that's pretty, I mean, like you said, uh, considered a rival within one another, I, I think that, I mean, it's just it's a good win overall. And a lot of runs scored as well. Twelve runs, uh, I mean, practically doubled what they had all weekend last weekend. So, um, good to see that the bats are getting hot again. And, and like we always say it, I don't know if y'all see it on Twitter all the time. Don't let the cats get hot. <laughs> if you let the cats get hot, uh, things are not going to go good for, uh, everybody else. So I think the, the, the Bobcats just, I mean, it's, it's early in the season. A lot of pieces and places have to be put or put around. Um, you know, you saw a lot of late runs by incarnate word, a lot of, uh, a lot of back end bullpenning, bullpen pitching that just kind of Kind of fell off a little bit there. There were a lot of free 90s, a, l- a couple of errors as well, um, but nothing crazy. Uh, played a lot of freshmen last night. Alex Gonzalez, got to see him for the first time, transfer from Baylor, unfortunately, on his first throw late in, uh, I think it was in the seventh inning. Um, he threw a ball over to first base, and something didn't feel right in his elbow. Uh, got replaced by Ryan Leary, but Coach Trout said everything's going to be okay, and uh, I hope he's able to get back onto the field as soon as possible because uh, – interior defense kind of needs a little help right now yeah we can't talk about this game without mentioning the grand slam hit by Dylan Pena last night uh spectacular performance by him I believe the Bobcats in that inning in the sixth inning they scored six runs and that's when the game kind of broke away there he also had another opportunity later on in the game to hit another grand slam but just fell this short this short to hitting it so I mean it was a spectacular performance uh working with the wonderful Brant Freeman calling the game last night. He said that – I'm sorry, went blank. He said that Slam Marcos made the return to San Antonio last night, and that was an absolutely true statement. Yes, it was an absolutely true statement. I talked about the series history between these two teams. I mean, the Bobcats playing in UIW, they're 4-4. Four and four, So this was an even matchup. And if you look at UIW last year, they're 16-8 and eight at home. Yeah. So, you know, definitely uh, just a – just a, it's just 
you know, they have history, and I'm glad to see the Bobcats took advantage of that history. Um, but, yeah, now they're, you know, bouncing back, and they're going to be playing another game tonight. Speaking of history, oh, my gosh, these two teams have played a lot of games together. Yeah, they've been playing since 1987. If you look at their overall records, they're 26. I think the Bobcats are ahead in the series. 53 and 53 even. Really? Yeah, so it's, 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 uh, it's going to be – it's going to be a good one. And at home, Bobcats 24 and 25 and uh, looking to go 500 against Bearcats. But, I mean, Bearcats pretty good. They got two uh, two ranked wins in, in Round Rock last week. It's going to be a good game. It is going to be a good game, and that will be in the Bobcat ballpark here in San Marcos, Texas. That game will be on air on KTSW 89.9, so be sure to tune into that one with Kyle Owen. He will be there on the call, Kyle. Is that correct? Yeah, it'll be me and uh, David Castaneda on that one. So should be a great show. Uh, I mean, I've been to, I haven't missed a baseball game yet. So if you want a knowledge about the team, be sure to listen in. Yeah, if you like that voice, you can listen to it for three more <laughs> hours later mm-hmm. if you have the time on your hands. But we're going to transition to another team, a team that had a lot more success in when it matters in its postseason, and that's the San Marcos Rattlers. The boys' basketball team played against Reagan, the Reagan Rattlers, and they came away with a pretty big win. I think that was a 16-point win, if I'm correct. It was, what, 62-46, to 46, correct, Paxton? Uh, yes. And what did you see in this game? I mean, this is this is amazing. I mean, the Rattlers are the farthest in the postseason they've ever been. This is by far the best season San Marcos High School basketball has ever seen. And this is behind Dan Miller. We have great players like Malik Presley, you know, Caden Gums, Javen Kofer. What did you see in this game? Uh, well, I mean, it was it was a great playoff performance, just like the other uh, two games before this one were and you know I just want to go back to last Friday's game real quick since we weren't able to talk about it much uh just a really a program defining moment for the Rattlers that every year they play against Austin Westlake and lose them in every single sport it seems like but in that one night their softball team and their basketball team beat them when it mattered most and so it it was is such an incredible moment to go and they didn't just barely beat them they beat them by six points, which six points in basketball is a lot. It didn't come down to a buzzer beater, and that's one of the top programs in the state when it comes to on the court, on the field as well. Uh, but going back to last night's game, uh, Joey was able to call that one. I was taking stats for him, and leading the way last night was uh, Malik Presley. As we all know, he, the great Malik Presley for the Rattlers led the way with 18 points. But what I want to mention is he scored 10 of those in the fourth quarter alone. He was, he was on the tail end of the stat sheet up until that fourth quarter, and when his team needed him the most, he did it. And he did it with only one foul to give. He was at four fouls, four personals with the whole fourth quarter to go, and somehow he did not foul out of that game, which is remarkable because he got three in the first half. Um, but also, Caden Guns following with 16 points. But the other player was Zaire Jolivet, which – you know, not to not to talk bad about him, but he's not really one of those names that you hear much about from this Rattler team. He went four for five last night, and all, one of those was just a missed layup. He went four for four from the three throw three point line. Uh, perfect twelve points last night, which was a season high, I believe. Uh, but it was definitely a season high in three pointers for him. What an outstanding performance when that mattered most, and they just played against quite possibly their toughest opponent so far in the playoffs, and they blew him out by, I believe it was 64-46, so 18 points. And, uh, you know, their next game will be against Wagner, uh, which is another great team, and that will be in Northwest San Antonio and Northwest ISD uh, Gymnasium there uh, this Friday. So y'all make sure, please go 
out to that. But if you can't tune in here, we will be broadcasting it just like the last few games. Yeah, I mean, look at these Rattlers. I mean, I I just remember this team last year. You know, we talked about Dan Miller, and they had that one that that one game they lost. It was the first round of the playoffs. They lose it by a couple free throws. And look at this team. They're beating a, a, an opponent like Westlake that used to come into their house and beat them every year. And they, they took care of it by six points. And that shows that they have some resiliency. They know how to get division in a, in a close game. And I think they could do that. You know, and they, I'm looking at Max Preps here, and it says on Friday, March 3rd, they will be playing. It's Warren on here. Now, I heard that you said Wagner. I don't know. Oh, it yes, is. Warren. It is Warren. You're right. Okay, so that will be a playoff game, and that will, I mean, it will be on air for KTSW yes. 89.9. And we will have who on the call? Uh, most likely be Joey and I. Joey. Um, but, you know, I, I will like to mention last night it was a first for us, YouTube Live. Uh, we've, we've been thinking of the idea for a while, but last night was the perfect scenario because we had to put on the baseball game, but we didn't want to let the fans down for Rattlers and not cover that game. And so we had a great idea, and we did it, and it turned out great. We appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll occasionally do that whenever we need to, but uh, this coverage, this particular one on Friday night, will be on radio. Yeah, because not only will you find this episode on YouTube, but you'll also find the whole, if you want to listen to that game, if you missed any details, the whole hour and 56-minute broadcast is on the YouTube page. So feel free to click into that one. But, yes, the Rattler basketball team going to play against Warren. Kyle, any thoughts on this team before we, we move on? Uh, Warren, from from what I know, they play really good defense. They've only allowed 1,800 points all season long, the, or the Rattlers. They're scoring 2,800 points. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Rattlers high-powered offense, and you got a big defense coming up right there. And so it's just kind of, you know, finding that balance and, and, and getting – and getting your offense to be able to play the offense that, that the Rattlers want to play against Warren because, I mean, it, you can't let that defense control the game. I, I've, know it, I've known how it has been before, um, especially against New Braunfels late in the season. When, when New Braunfels' defense was able to slow down the game, that's kind of whenever San Marcos was really taken advantage of. And that's how they took their first loss in how many games? Was it almost 25? And so it just – you know, it's just the Rattlers just really need to they have to keep the pace up and they have to play their offense. And uh, and that's the way they're going to punch their ticket to state. And uh, I will like to mention one thing. I, I don't want to keep it on this subject too long, but this is their first time making it to a regional semifinal in 40 years. And another thing is they are four games away from a state title. Four games, that's all you have to win. And you will claim your first state title in men's basketball program history. So. You know, and a thought I have in my mind, and I, I mean, I just want to speculate, and this is really something I, we should talk about. You know, Caden Gums, he committed to Texas mm -hmm. State. But if they say, if they do win a state championship, you know, what, he probably wish he would have uh, waited to commit a little longer. I don't know, but, you know, because these players. commitment exists these yeah, days. It does. Yep. But, you know, this is going to give all these players an opportunity to shine, you know, on a collegiate level and, you know, get picked up by some really good teams. So it's really nice to see this team have the success and, it's going to be really exciting to see them play tomorrow, I mean Friday, and that will be at 5.30 p.m. with Paxson Graff and Joey Gonzalez on the call, so make sure to tune in that one. But we're going to keep talking hoops, and we're talking Texas State men's basketball. As they're playing in the Sun Belt Conference Tournament, they ended their season on two losses, and they entered the tournament, tournament on an 11th seed in the bracket, and they played against Georgia State, which is a 14-seed team, and they actually get the win here, 81-76. to That was last night. We saw five Bobcats in double figures. Now, we heard from Joey Gonzalez. He believes this team might be a playoff team, maybe someone that people sleep on in the regular season. What are your thoughts on this team, Paxton, and 
you know, in this game? And can they continue this in their matchup against Old Dominion, a team they met this season and lost by two points? Well, you definitely, I definitely have to get a shout out to Joey. I mean, so far his prediction's looking good. Uh, still four more games to go, three or four max, um, as far as them. So you know, don't want to go too far as speculation. But Old Dominion, like you said, dropped it by two. Definitely a winnable game. But if I remember correctly, they were battling key injuries at that point. Now the Bobcats pretty much have everyone, which I mean, it, it worked out for them last night. Uh, so we'll see as far as how they'll reload, I guess you can say, against the Monarchs. But, I mean, what what a game it was last night to watch. We saw Drew Drennan in 16 points, finally snapped that two-game losing streak. Now, the only stat that I'm looking at right now that I don't like is they're about 2-4 and four in their last six games. But I'm thinking this momentum from this last win last night will help them carry a win over the Monarchs. It's just a matter of how far can they go. Yeah, I truly agree. After that uh, 81 to 76 win by the Bobcats, you know, everyone was involved and we talked about how important it is for everybody to be healthy at the same time. And we finally have that or we finally see, like you said, Paxton, that this team is healthy at the right time in the playoffs here. Uh, you look at the box score, like you said, Drew Drennan with 16 points, Jordan Mason with 15, Tyrell Morgan with 14 points, Nate Martin with 13, Mason Harrell with 13 points. So the point spread out there was kind of equally distributed there. And uh, it took advantage over Georgia State, obviously, with the 81-76 to win there. Yeah, you mentioned it perfectly. I mean, five guys with over 13 points, that's how you win basketball games. I mean, getting everybody on the court, the share of the ball, getting everybody to be able to take shots and, and, and get up there. And it's just, it's been a great job so far uh, in this tournament from the Bobcats. I mean, it was their first win in the Sunbelt Conference Championship Tournament since 2019. That's a long time for basketball to win in a tournament, especially in between those times, you have two, you have two conference championships. Yep. No tournament wins. So great job just getting over the hunt there and uh, giving getting over the hump and, and just being able to, to get past just winning that first game in the tournament since 2019-2020. And, uh, and, and then on top of that, I mean, like, it was the first time we've led by more than 10 at half or 10 or more at half since January 7th. So Texas State really just kind of putting things <laughs> – putting things on the back burner and just making sure that they know they are 1-0 now, and that is all they need to know. they got a good game against Old Dominion, and uh, it's it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, like you were saying, Kyle, 41-31 at at the first half. 41 points is a lot of first-half points, especially since you know that the pace is kind of – it's a little bit slower compared to the second half. The second half is when teams kind of, you know – start keying in, trying to get to the bucket more. But the first half, to put up 41 points like that is amazing. And then going back to looking, shooting 52% for the entire game, that's incredible too. 38% from three and 86% from the free throw line. To me, that is the most important stat of the night. 86% from the free throw free throw line because you're going to be getting fouled, you know, in come playoff times and you need to be able to hit those free throws. And they showed that. Yeah, and I mean, we, we, we look at their individual statistics. We talk about how they're doing well offensively. We had five Bobcats and double figures. You mentioned their point totals. You know, it's really good to see players like Drew Drennan. I mean, Drew Drennan, he's in here. He's getting 16 points of his own. Jordan Mason, the rookie, he's getting 15 points. Tyron Morgan with 14. I mean, that's what you want to see. You want to see those bench players perform. But it's, it's, it's playing defense that matters as well. You look at that game against Old Dominion. They lost it by two points. But in that, four, in that the last two minutes of that game, 
they were up by like eight or six points, and they couldn't handle a full-court press properly, and they took the game away from them. So if they want to continue into the playoffs, they're going to have to make up for the mistakes they added against Old Dominion, and I think they can do it. Now, that game against Old Dominion, that will be tomorrow at 5 p.m. That game will be on ESPN+, and we are in the looking of trying to get that one on air on KTSW as well. Um, so definitely check out for that one. But, yes, the men's basketball team wins their first game in the playoffs since 2019, as Kyle mentioned, and they will be playing Old Dominion next. Another team that's about to go into their Sunbelt Conference tournament but hasn't yet, they're not there yet, they have to play the winner of number seven. Well, we'll get into that. Texas State women's basketball. They finished their season, you know, doing pretty well. They finished season as the the, the, the champions of the, the conference, their first place. They have Zenery Antoine, who was named Coach of the Year in Sunbelt Conference. Guys, this team is amazing. I mean, a team comprised of seniors. They have five seniors on the team. Kennedy Taylor, the Sunbelt Conference all-time assist leader. I mean, mm -hmm. there's so much leaving on this team um, if they don't continue this in the playoffs. But, guys, thoughts on this season, thoughts on this team, and their playoff potential. I mean, what a remarkable season it was. We, we kind of mentioned – uh, before we were entering our last game that we broadcast before the women's game, what a complete 180 just both basketball programs took. I mean, you had men's basketball last year who won the conference. They had a great regular season. And then women's basketball, they were kind of struggling. I'm not going to say they were bad, but they were struggling a little bit last season. This year, it's just complete 180. Men's basketball struggling, but women's basketball, they won the conference. They have coach of the year, uh, conference coach of the year. I mean, what a turnaround it was. For this basketball program the only thing that I'm worried about I'm not going to mention it too much is the key players that we're losing we're, we're losing Kennedy Taylor Danasia Hood Lauren Thompson Tiana Eaton we're losing our key players so my question is is how we're going to rebound in the offseason but that's that's stuff to worry about later on in the season right now we're talking about this conference tournament. tournament to play yeah and the the thing that I'm wondering is are they going to do what the men's basketball team did win the regular season, and lose in the first round. Uh, uh, it's, It'd be crazy if they did It, it really would. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I'm curious to see how they will play, if they will use the momentum of winning the conference into these games in the tournament, or if they will use it and be satisfied with that. Yeah, I don't know if we actually talked about how they performed against their aim against Arkansas State, but you know to close out the season on a high note like that to me is a big deal. Winning that game, eighty six to seventy nine, like you said, they had a spectacular season. Congratulations to Coach Antoine for winning that award. I believe, um, like you were saying, you don't want to harp on it too much with the players that you're losing because the season technically is still going. Yeah, you know, so with the type of with the type of leadership that you have and the older players that you have. It's really I want to say there's no excuse. You have the you have the guys who have the experience and all of these ladies here, they have the experience needed to go far. Denasia Hood averaged 17 points per game this season. Spectacular performance, also averaging eight boards this season. Kennedy Taylor, congratulations to her for breaking the assist record. I know we were talking about that in Sunbelt Conference play. The point god is Kennedy Taylor. So, when you look at these players that they have, you know, I don't think that they will pull what the guys pulled last year, I think they'll be ready to go ahead and take home the gold. Yeah, I mean, these girls have been just showing absolute resilience all season long, and uh, I think really the only teams that can stand in their way are those uh, are the one and the three seed in, in Troy and JMU. Both really good, pro solid programs. Uh, Tech State lost a tough one to uh, to Troy midseason and uh, lost another tough one to JMU uh, later in the year too. But, I mean, everybody's praised them. 
uh, Coach Z and, and, and Kennedy Taylor, just, I mean, absolutely historic season for the both of them. Um, and I don't know if y'all saw as well, but uh, Texas State basketball, every single – Every single coach on the team not only is a conference champion as a coach, they're a conference champion as a player. Mm. These these ladies know how to win. They know how to win basketball games, and I think uh, at the end of the day that, that they are going to shoot for the gold. That's all. That, that's their only goal, and they want to get to an NCAA championship. They don't want to be left in the dust in the NIT. They want to get to the big dance. That's what they want to do. They want to play on the big screen uh, for for the NCAA tournament and a chance to win a national championship, And uh, and the only way to do that Get through the Sun Belt. And if there's any time to do it, the time is now. Yeah. Road to it is through Pensacola. And, uh, you know, one thing I also – I was thinking about while y'all were talking is, I mean, give a shout-out to the women's sports for Texas State. You know, I don't like to split the two, men's and women's. But, I mean, Emily DeWalt and Kennedy Taylor, both now career assist leaders for the conference. What a season it's been for women's sports. And softball has potential to add on to that as well with Jessica Mullins and what they're going to do. Yeah, you mentioned success, and, you know, another word that starts with an S is softball, and there's a bunch of success <laughs> there because Texas State Classic, they just had here in San Marcos, and it was a clean sweep for the Bobcats. They went 6-0 and over the entire weekend, and, I mean, look at this team. They had a score total. They beat the, uh, the UTSA Roadrunners Thursday 1-0. to They beat the Mavericks 4-3 to in nine innings on Thursday as well. They beat Kansas Friday 2-1. to They beat Colorado State. Friday four to one they beat UTA six to five on Saturday and they beat Colorado State again on Sunday four to three but just a remarkable start for this softball team you know Jessica Mullins she she was named preseason Sunbelt Conference Pitcher of the Year and she hasn't had too much time on the mound so far Um, but just this softball team we talk about you know performances and players stepping up Sierra Trahan she was named freshman of the year last year and look at her she had a great walk off in that uh, I think that final game was it Saturday or Sunday yeah I think it was Saturday but maybe no hers was Sunday I think it uh, I think um, the one on Saturday uh, I think that one was no it was on Sunday against Colorado State yeah because I think the one the walk off from UTA I want to say that one was um, Cameron Bass Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but at the end of the day, I mean, the resiliency they showed this tournament. I mean, after losing, I think it was four games in the first two tournaments, uh, they came out and I mean, just swept the Texas Tech Classic and and against you know good teams, good rivals, UTSA, UTA twice, Kansas is nothing to scoff about. Big Twelve team, Colorado State, they're a good program. They got a couple big wins. I mean, it, it, they beat them twice. Uh, just the resilience that they showed. I mean, look at all the, you talked about all those scores the close games two of them in extra innings both of those against UTA I mean a lot of one score games as well just uh, just really really close and tough battles that the Bobcats were able to come out on the other side of and and uh, what way to show what type of resiliency your team has by sweeping your own tournament and in the fashion that they did so now they head to Boca Raton and it's uh, they got a good matchup coming up a kind of a tune-up a little bit maybe for a um, before they go to the Bevo Classic and face some of the to some of the powerhouses in NCAA uh, softball, um, but either way, uh, this, this softball team is on the right track. You mentioned, you know, Jessica Mullins hasn't seen too much of the field, uh, but her time in the circle has been has been used very well. She's kind of taken up that closer role and done a really good job at it. Yeah, I mean that's talking about the fashion that they came in and won that game against Colorado State. They were down three to nothing in the second inning and for them to come back and score four on that walk off, yeah, that was that was a spectacular way to end that game and win that game. Yeah, and I mean you look at the personnel on this team, Sierra Trahan, she's currently the the, the hitting 
leader right now with the highest batting average. She's hitting over 300. She's hitting a 396. Hannah Rolls right behind her, 378. Piper Randolph, 341. Little factoid about Sierra Trahan. Don't know if I've said it before in a previous episode. Me and her went to high school together. It's really cool to see her have so much success. We were in stats class together senior <laughs> year, and now she's over here on Texas State grounds hitting home runs left mm-hmm. and right and hitting doubles and triples. So kind of crazy. Now you're taking her stats. Yeah, what, look at that. Oh, man, I'm taking her stats. Dude, that was a good one. Like, that's sinking in Go slowly. from sitting in sack class to, to taking being her, her stats. stat to keep her. Man, I got to tell her that one. That's kind of sad, actually. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So the, the Bobcats are going to Boca Raton to play in the Owl Classic. They're playing against teams like Winthrop, I mean, Winthorpe on March 2nd. That's Thursday. They're playing FAU on Thursday as well. They're playing against Penn, playing against Illinois State and Winthrop one more time. We'll definitely give you more information about that on BCR Monday after that that tournament goes down. But we're going to zoom out of Texas State area and the, what is this, Hayes County area, and we're going to talk nationals. And, guys, the NBA All-Star came to a close. A lot of people thought things about it. We talked about it. But now regular season plays back at it, and two teams that made huge trades right before the All-Star break are seeing some things they didn't expect. Russell Westbrook goes to the Clippers, they're 0-4, and Kyrie Irving went to the Mavs, and now they're 1-4. Is that correct, Paxton? Mm -hmm. Guys, were these trades actually good? Who is going to have the better trade in this situation? Is Russell Westbrook just a uh, a, a, a bust, or or is it just the teams that these players are on? What, what What are your thoughts? Well, hold on. Is Lob City now Brick City? Yeah, I guess so. It is Brick City because Russell Westbrook with two minutes left, they're down freaking four points and he's shooting bricks. But, yeah. I mean, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you from the Mavs standpoint. It, it, the, the Lakers game was disappointing. The chemistry just doesn't seem to be there. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a battle of who's the actual star here. I mean, for the longest time it's been Luka, and now we've got this other all-star with him, which he hasn't been able to deal with except Porzingis, and Porzingis is always injured uh, with Luka. So I think it's it's uh, it's a learning moment. I don't think Luka's been able to feel that yet except in like the All-Star games and stuff. And so I think right now we're just witnessing that learning moment. I think come crunch time, I think they're going to find a way because, I mean, both of them are in the playoffs now. It's not like he's got someone who hasn't ever been in the playoffs. I think they'll find it in crunch time. Right now, we're just witnessing the learning aspect of it, which is not a fun, not a fun time to be watching right now. We'll say like the other night, the Lakers game. I don't know how we blew that. We did. I know you're excited, but what's happening with LeBron though? I I heard he popped something. Yeah, I'm, there's so right much after that scoring said. record. Yeah, I know <laughs> what I say. <laughs> and it's crazy because not only is he out for the next two weeks, but Anthony Davis is also mm. out tonight too. Yeah, after getting oh, dunked. Yeah, on after by getting dunked. I was about to say that. Uh, did uh, something happen after that dunk? Or what? Yeah, they're saying it's his foot, but he was grabbing his wrist after the game. So I, I don't know what's going on with him. And we yeah, also have D'Angelo. <laughs> we also have D'Angelo Russell that's struggling with that ankle sprain too. So right now the Lakers are just shorthanded. I know we're not talking about the Lakers right now. We're mostly talking about the Clippers and the. Uh, no, we can always yeah. talk about them. You know. Yeah, the Clippers no, and the Mavericks. No, <laughs> don't give them any more exposure. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the main thing that you're talking about there, Paxton, and I think it's a good thing that they are experiencing this now yeah. versus the playoffs. This is the time where you want to figure out what works and what doesn't work, and obviously 
what's going on right now is not working. So Jason Kidd and the Mavericks have some time to kind of get it together while still trying to stay afloat in the Western Conference. We got to remember it's a dog fight right mm-hmm. now, and they aren't necessarily the ones that have clinched yet. So I think they still have a little bit of time to get it together. Um, Kyrie Irving said after the game that he just has to he has to remove some of that pressure that he's put on himself to mm-hmm. perform. You know. Uh, he has an amazing player right beside him, Luka Doncic, able to hit shots. He recognizes that. Even other guys, too, like Tim Hardaway Jr., Christian Wood, those guys can hit big-time shots, too. So just – we saw it, too, when LeBron came back to Cleveland. We saw that exact same thing happen, too, with Kyrie and LeBron. Kyrie and Kevin Durant and James Harden last year with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. So it happens. So, yeah, that's that. that's that with them. But for the Clippers, they are uh, – Paul George actually came out and said he recognized that he cannot be the best player on a championship winning team. So that's interesting to me because given Kawhi Leonard's injury history, and I know y'all will talk about that a little bit more later on, do you guys think that this team can actually win a championship? Are they a championship contender? No. The Clippers? No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I they have pieces that could do it, but I don't think that those pieces are necessarily in the right spots. I don't know how to explain this. I, honestly, um, it's just because, like, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, that kid, uh, that guy, kid, that guy, um, he can win championships. He's done it before multiple teams, and uh, he's he's got. He's only done it once, Kawhi. Twice. He has twice. one with oh, the Spurs, Spurs and one sure. with the Raptors, yeah, right? Come on, come on. Oh, I only <laughs> think of him as a Raptor. Yeah, um, but yeah, so uh, he's got, he's got championships win, wins with multiple teams. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> the guy can win championships. Um, I mean, Russell Westbrook, he's not a champion. That is not a champion winner right there. Uh, he's at some points has been one of the better players in the NBA, but does it translate necessarily to winning games? Mm, I don't know. It's just, and then you look at Paul George as well, and, I mean, it's trying to say that he's the best player on that team, I don't know. I Kawhi, in my opinion, one of the better players in the NBA right now, and I don't see how Paul George can, can think that. Oh, no, 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 no. He was, he was saying that he recognized that he cannot be. So I think he's probably personally denoting himself saying that Kawhi okay, is the Okay, okay. I misheard the quote. Maybe yeah. I get yeah. oh, so, it. But, yeah, no, Paul, Paul George, I mean, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's it takes Kawhi being healthy yeah. and these guys working around Kawhi and, and feeding him the ball and letting Kawhi kind of do what he needs to do. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I don't think that the Clippers are the team to do it. I, I think that they get bounced not early, but they'll make a run for some things. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Clippers are a team that are, are going to win a championship. I don't even think they'll get to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that either. I think the Western Conference is too loaded right now. You've got the Nuggets. You've got uh, the, Grizzlies. the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Suns, uh, oh which has KD made his debut He's yet? making his uh, debut yeah, tonight. tonight. So, I mean, um, I think the Clippers are a good team. I don't think they're a championship caliber team. And like you just mentioned, I don't even think they'll make it to the conference final. I think if they're on the other side, maybe a conference I don't a conference finals appearance. I don't think finals. You're saying that the Clippers could beat Boston or no, 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 no. I I don't think they could beat I think they could do better in the Eastern. I don't think that they could beat those top dogs. But I think Western conference wise, I think it's better overall. I think Eastern Conference has the better 
top do- yeah top hitters whatever you want to call it but speaking of the hornets i know y'all saw lamelo ball is out for the year with a mm. fractured oh he's ankle. done done huh i mean it is the achilles heel Bruh. is his ankle yeah the hornets this, this year right i mean here you got to that's not news. No, I'm just kidding. That sucks. <laughs> um, but what I was saying, because I want to say something about this trade. Uh-oh. And I know Russ Westbrook. He played for my favorite team ever, the Houston Rockets. And I'm going to tell you right now, ever since he left, okay, I heard that. <laughs> ever since he left OKC, this man just had a heartbreaking journey all across the country. The country. He's never been able to help a team, uh, you know, win in the postseason or even, you know, he really actually did not help us at all. He shot a bunch of bricks. Uh, he shot the most three-pointers in the postseason for us. More than Harden did, actually, that final series against the Lakers in the bubble. But not going to go on to that right now. But what I'll say is this. The Clippers, guys, for y'all to call them not a uh – Okay, it's, it's 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 the West. The West is so unpredictable. It's the Wild West, right? That's why they got the name. And all these teams are so competitive, and, and they're so unpredictable. You know, you got to remember there's teams like the six-seed Rockets in 1995 were the lowest-seed NBA team ever to win a championship. They were a six-seed. So you can never really understand what's going to happen. Now, Luka and the Mavs of Kyrie, this is what I'm going to say. Kyrie's getting old. He's going to have to learn to step back and lower his ego and realize he's going to have to play when it matters. There's certain things Kyrie can do that Luka Doncic could never. The way that Kyrie Irving handles himself, you know his 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 floor. I mean his his ball handling ability. Mm-hmm. Luca's not been able to do that. But um, I think Luca is really patient. He's a good basketball player. He's not even going to cause any issues with Kyrie. I think Kyrie is going to be the one causing most of it because he doesn't want to give up the ball. But. I'll say that if you look at those games, Luka Doncic has so much more space on the three-point line now with Kyrie Irving driving in the paint, so that's exciting for Mark Cuban and them. Don't know how they let that game go, Paxton. Don't know how it happened. I don't know either. I, I know I, how. I'm speechless. I oh, know how. Please Speaking of, enlighten uh, me. Big shout-out no, shout nice. to uh, Luka Doncic. turned 24 yesterday. How about just, that? Uh, just by the way. Um, I want to hit on real quick another team from Dallas uh, that's doing absolutely amazing right now. Uh, they are the first place team in the Central Division for the NHL and uh, third place in the Western Conference, only one point behind the Kings and the Knights um, in getting that one seed for the Western Conference. And uh, we're only a month out from the NHL playoffs. And uh, the, Dallas, the Dallas Stars, they've been struggling recently. Uh, their, their last 10 games, they've only won like two and they just came off of a uh, uh, like a seven game losing streak but they did beat the golden knights and a lot of their losses do come in overtime so they're still racking up points and they're doing a really good job i don't know if y'all know anything about hockey but mm-hmm. uh dallas stars by far one yeah. of my favorite teams in sports and uh they uh they've been consistent the past couple of years and i think uh if they can figure out um how to win games in regulation uh i think it's a, they have a good chance to uh, to win an nhl t- title this year that's Hopefully just my so. opinion. I just wanted to put that out there. Hey, Dallas Stars, man. They've done it. I mean, they've done it before, you know. Yeah, 99. 99. Yeah. But, yeah. Man, the city of champions. Well, I guess, hey, <laughs> let's go ahead and hit all the major sports then. How about those Rangers? Yeah. Oh, okay. man. Playing two games right two now, Two right? games at the same time. Yeah, they have an A Someone team and a B team going up against the Padres. <laughs> Do we have a C Dodgers. team? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Would you like to pitch for the C team? Hey, I, 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 I can do it. To, I would love to go out to spring training and, Softball and C team it up real quick. <laughs> uh, that'd be great. That'd be absolutely. They great. can do underhand throws, right? Speaking of, uh, <laughs> what do y'all what do y'all think about the the pitch clock in uh, MLB and collegiate sports right now? It's twenty seconds in collegiate sports, fifteen seconds in MLB sports. Um, you looked at it last night. Uh, I think it was Adolis Garcia had to change his change entire his form, uh, right? entire form, just one step baby rock throw rather than step step baby rock. 
throw. It's just a completely different game now. Uh, what kind of a factor is that putting things into? You know, we saw this last week where I believe the bases – not the bases were loaded. Yes, the bases were yeah, loaded were. in that 6-6 game. Um, and we saw that the hitter took too long to get inside of the box. And he was struck out. It was already, a, I believe it was a one and two or two and two count. And the umpire called it a strike because he took too long in the box. And that was it. Tie. Yeah. The game yeah. ended in a tie. So I don't know when the last time a baseball game has ended in a tie. Uh, spring training. They, yeah. So they don't yeah, really care. They about, don't. Yeah, they only end in ties in spring training. But. Yeah. But still, I mean, you see already right there how it's affected it. And it brings up the conversation what if this was in the playoffs? What if this was the World Series? Mm. Do we change? Game seven. Do we tweak the rules a little bit? Game seven, bases loaded, strikeout <laughs> loses the game. How do you? I mean, what well, it, by hopefully by game seven of the World Series, they know how to you know get used to the clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but so it's five. You get you get five seconds, five seconds to get ready into the box. Here's what I'll say. You know, as sports are speeding up and our day to day life is speeding up, you know they want those broadcasts to speed up, and yeah. then the the people that are taking the longest are batters and pitchers and you know truthfully i think for this season we're going to see a bunch of examples throughout the entire year on twitter you know look at this game it, it, it look at how it just got changed by the pitch clock or look how this game just ended in a tie because of a pitch. Oh, it's not going to end in a tie but you know what i'm saying so it's going to take a season for these players to get used to it but i'm gonna tell you right now you know those players, those college players, still want to go to the MLB. They don't care if there's a Absolutely. clock out. They don't care if it's three seconds. They're going to find a way to get in, get in that box and yeah. get ready. Well, so. I mean, basketball side, college basketball, they adjust from 35 second shot clock to 24, 24. and that is a huge jump. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, you're right. They they're eager to go to the next level, the majors. They don't care how much of a decrease it's going to be. Yeah, I, I do think it, it, like you said, Justin, it's going to be an adjustment. But I, until people have adjusted, it's it's going to be hard to mm -hmm. uh, to accept for a lot of people. Just mm -hmm. especially if you know if it's your team that's on the losing end of one of those pitch clock situations. It's just an unfortunate situation. But at the end of the day, there's a reason why they play like what 160 baseball games or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I the. One game, one pitch clock violation is really so minuscule in the in the game of baseball that you just you can't you could just take it as a grain of salt, learn from it, move on from the situation. But but I mean it's it, I think that you know it does it, it is a good thing that that they're really speeding things up and like you mentioned just kind of day to day just really going faster for everybody right now and and those broadcasts. I mean they're pushing four hours sometimes for a baseball oh, yeah. game i mean as much as i would love to be at a ballpark for four hours it's just not ideal yeah did y'all see that pirates orioles game too where the umpires left oh yeah i was about to mention that earlier <laughs> that yeah the umpires last night um the uh they didn't want like so you know how how it works with the home teams winning you don't play the bottom half of the ninth they were like well we want to play it and so the umpires just walked off the field and they kept playing baseball they uh they they had the the catcher calling the balls and strikes and decided it was the the best time to to get some extra wow. reps in. Could you have could you have called the game, Justin, as could an umpire? Called, oh, no, I don't know. I feel like I'd have angry fans. You know, <laughs> hey, oh, you ball. suck. Yeah, you know, yeah. That that's the game was already over. But well, <laughs> I just want to give a quick shout out since you did so or hockey. Let's do XFL. I mean, how about XFL? <laughs> the ultimate. Football the league, ultimate football league. Uh, I mean, I right now, the UFL. 
Yeah, DC leading the way with going perfect two and zero. Houston two and zero. St. Louis two. Hey, Houston, you got an undefeated Houston team. How about <laughs> He's that? He's rolling his Houston odds over football. There. Woo. Arlington one and one. San Antonio sh- the uh, Brahmos. Maybe they should switch the franchise with the How's the the Rocks team doing? Uh, that is the Brahmos, I believe. Yeah. they're one and one. In San Antonio. Yeah. yeah. The Rocks is doing it in San Antonio. Yeah, you mm-hmm. own the team. I, I Can you smell what the Rock is cooking? No, no viewership. Not, not <laughs> <laughs> the viewership dropped fifty percent from weeks one to two. So that oh, is, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you see oh, on the scoreboard they have it. the the betting odds on the scoreboard at all wow. times during the game? Yeah. Show that. Isn't that weird? How like sports now? It's like for years mm. that was never allowed like yeah. betting, and now Pete Rose is like, banned from baseball. Every broadcast I himself. watch, I'm hearing you know. Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller read a freaking ad about DraftKings. Like, what are you talking about? You that know? responsibly. Nothing like gambling. <laughs> Nothing like it. That's another cop topic for another day. <laughs> that's for sure. Actually, I think it's illegal here in the state of Texas, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but you can do it on your phone, I guess, on DraftKings. Just go to Oklahoma. Yeah, I, what is it? Uh, what are they called? Um, your Parlay. VPNs. VPNs. What? Oh yeah, if you use a VPN, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to do that. In hey, high but we school. do not advocate any of that activity here. <laughs> uh, never mind. What's a VPN? And we never will condone that activity. But guys, <laughs> absolutely. This was a wonderful episode, and this was Kyle Owen. That was Thomas Terry, and this is Paxton Graff, and I was Justin Brown, and well, I was. still am, <laughs> still <laughs> still might be. What's your new name? Uh, Justini. All right, but hey, <laughs> you want more Justini? Tune in next week. We'll have this episode on YouTube and the audio version on Spotify and SoundCloud. But yep, follow KTSW Sports on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.